All right, here we go this morning. Father, I thank you in advance. Father, I thank you in advance. That I'm always spent by uh, changed by my time spent in worship and in the Word. I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might nor by my power but by your spirit working mightily in me which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me because by your stripes I am healed. I am not afraid of financial lack because all my needs are made according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding and you won't take it back. I am an overcomer because you overcame and I cannot be stopped and I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord, because you're a good, good father. You're a father to the fatherless and no one, no one, absolutely nobody has to go fatherless. Amen. Hallelujah. Nobody's got to go fatherless. Man, when I, when I, when the Lord, y'all can sit down again. I'm sorry. I won't get you back up. When the Lord showed me that, he showed me that's very important that people understand that. That he's a father. To, man, it stood out. Lenny's so strong to me. Wanted me to make sure people understand that. That nobody has to go fatherless. Thank you, father. Father is a very important thing to all of us. And so when, when, when the father thing don't go right or the father person is absent, it's an issue. We need a father. We need, a, we need the presence of our earthly father. Sometimes we can't get it. So God will send stand-ins. But God wants you to know that there is absolutely nobody that has to go fatherless. He, he is a father to the fatherless. And he got you. He got you. You just have to, you just have to come to him. Now we're gonna, we're gonna go back and I'm gonna finish this second part. I kinda wrestle with some stuff that I wanna talk about today and I wanna talk about something else. I'm not ready to do that. So we're gonna hit a, a second part on where we went last week. Yeah. And we were talking about spiritual influence last week. Y'all remember that? Yes, we were talking about spiritual influence. We were talking about the, the fact and the, the phenomenon that there is spiritual influence. That we that people, we're spiritually influenced by certain things, and we we went through some examples in the Bible. I'm going to start out with this. I want I want you to hear what I say. Our prayers govern our problems. Problems don't govern our prayers. Okay. Right? You understand the concept of government. Our prayers govern our problems. Our problems don't govern our prayers. My prayers can fix my problems. Problems don't change my prayer habits. Okay. My prayers can fix my problems. Problems do not change my prayer habits. Listen, the prayer is above. It runs 
It runs your problems. It governs your life. Right? Understand that. You got to know that. So when we're talking about spiritual things, we, we, we are, listen, we're 100% human, but we're 100% spirit too. All right? And so understand something that we live in, in two worlds. We live in, we live here on earth, but there's a spiritual force on the inside of us that is eternal. Right? It's going to live for eternity in one place or the other place. And it, and that, that spiritual force on the inside of us can connect. Negative, with negative spiritual forces, or it can connect with the Spirit of God. Right? And so there is spiritual influence in life. When we talked about, uh, last week we talked about the soothsaying girl and how Paul cast the Spirit out of her. It was in uh, Acts 16, 16 through 24. It says, Now it happened, as we went into prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us. Now let me, I'm going to talk about this. I'm not going to go too far into this, but just as a nugget, I'm going to give it to you. There are often times where we will go on the www, the World Wide Web, right, that's what they used to call it, and we go on social media or whatever like that, and we see videos or pictures or something like that, or somebody might post it and something devilish happened or happening, or somebody can say, well, this, this person casting out devils or there are devils. I want you to understand, this is some real stuff, man. And I have, I have, I remember times in my life and my service to God, where I have seen people just be totally shocked to see this happen. You talk about it in church, you read it in the Bible, but then they just shocked when they see it happen. They're like, whoa, this is really going on. So listen, uh, old school movie, The Exorcist and all that kind of stuff. It was a movie and they make these movies in Hollywood, people climbing up walls. I ain't never seen anybody climb up a wall, but I seen them do some other stuff, right? But they, this stuff comes from a place. So I just want to, I want to make the statement that, that the devil is real. Right? Understand something? I mean, why, how do we know he's real? Number one, because it's written in the scripture. Yes, sir. All right? So just as real as God, the devil's real. But understand something that, that the Bible says the proper place for the devil and everything he got going on is underneath the feet yes, of the children of God. All right? So understand that. But I want you to know something, man. This is a spiritual world. A lot of us just go through our life living it in the flesh and, and just what we see. But there is a spiritual world. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against evil wickedness in high places. So we go around and say, well, hey, why is this happening in my life? Why am I this way or whatever? It could be negative spiritual influence that's causing you, uh, and, and I'm sure it is at some point. That don't mean you possess. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But if there's some negative spiritual influence somewhere that's causing things to happen. So we're going we're gonna to look at some good parts of it by the time we make it to the end, all right? So it says, now it happened as we went uh, into prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought uh, her masters much profit by fortune telling. Lord, I just thank you this morning for helping me to deliver this message to say what you want me to say. Let there be clarity between from from you to me. and Let me speak clearly what you want me to say. I pray for the ears of those that are out there hearing to be open. We take authority, your authority, your divine authority over any other spirit other than the Holy Spirit that will stop what you want to happen this morning from happening. We just thank you that it's already done. People are free. People are delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it says that, that she had a spirit of divination. Uh, all right. So they, 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 a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. But what did it say that the spirit of divination did with for her masters? It said it brought them money. It brought them profit. So the influence caused something in the natural to happen. The spiritual influence caused an outcome in the natural to happen. 
Remember that. Right? It says, brought them much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. Well, it sounds like that's a good thing with her saying that. But obviously she was not doing it from the right perspective and she was becoming some type of a, a distraction and she was, she was just working against what they were trying to do. And, uh, this she did for many days. Ooh, that would get irritated. But Paul greatly annoyed turned and said uh, to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her. And when the master saw that uh, their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace uh, to the authorities. So they didn't care nothing about the woman being free, Lenny, from the devil. They just, my money gone. We can't make no more money off this girl. Uh, and so they, they, they took them to the police. And they uh, brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive uh, and or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and they had uh, laid many stripes on them. They got whooped with stripes for casting the devil out the woman. They, they threw them into prison, commanding that the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. Now, they did something for God, and it brought them some trouble. Who heard of that? Who heard of something like that happening? You working for the Lord and running into some trouble? Nah. Yeah, that happens. Okay, so listen, the next thing we looked at was the, this woman who, who had sickness. And it says that it was, a, it talked about being a spirit of infirmity. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. We're just doing a recap. It says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. This, and okay, now watch what, ha- what it says that happened to her as a result of this spiritual influence. It says that she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So the spiritual influence in this case is causing sickness, Yeah. right? In the first case, the woman was a soothsayer. She was, uh, she was a uh, uh, fortune teller type situation. In the second case, the spirit caused the woman to be sick. Uh, but when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to the woman, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. And he said, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here is the devil's job. It looks like we see in a pattern. That the spiritual influence that comes from the enemy, that comes from the devil, that spiritual influence causes harm. It hurts folks. It causes bondage. We see in a pattern for that? Yes, sir. Uh, then we read here, we read in Mark chapter 5. Uh, do I have it here? Yeah, I love, I love this story. Do I want to read it again? Yeah, let's go over there. Go to Mark chapter 5. I love this story. Anybody got favorite stories in the Bible? This one is one of my favorite. I mean, you want to know my other favorite? My other favorite is when they went, to, they took the brother over to Peter's house, the crippled brother that couldn't walk, and his four buddies was carrying him around. That's one of my all-time most favorite stories in the Bible. It is, in, to me, it's incredible. And you have to really get yourself into the situation, really, to appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a little detour this morning and get into that situation. Uh, this is going to be a little bit comedic, so we must have some comedic help. There must be Ryan, right? There must be Russell, right? Uh, where's, where's, where's Big Al at? Big Al, come here, Big Al. 
It's comedy team here. And so we're in five. Chad's gonna be a new part of it. You'll be a new part of the comedy team. Uh, Jerry got to be in it. Don't look Jerry. We'd blow the whole thing up. Okay. So, uh, Jerry. Nah, you got that white shirt on. Uh, Big Al. I need a, I need a, I need a brother. I need, but there ain't nobody gonna act it out better than you. <laughs> Get whatever red thing. We're gonna put it down on the ground. He need a cart anyway. Give me that red thing right there. No, we're not gonna carry him. We're just gonna put him on, on the thing. We're gonna make believe it's a cart. Use your imagination, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you see it? <laughs> I told you, look, they already making comedy by themselves. By themselves. By themselves making comedy already. Okay, put it, put it, spread it out. Jerry, you gonna lay down on that thing? Lay down. They're not gonna carry him. We're gonna rip it. They're gonna carry him. No, 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 no. That's, that is not comedy. That would be, that would be in the category of a stunt. We are we're not doing our stuff. Okay, I need I need a man on every corner. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Now don't don't, don't get on your knees. Just take instruction. Just, 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 don't try to improv. All right. So listen. So you got the brother Jerry. You you moving stuff. You got to be not be able to move. Put your legs down. Okay. Right. Make him look even more pitiful. Put 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 the blankets over him. No 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 no. Yeah. Put throw the blankets on. Him. Yeah. Like that. Like Russell got it. Put your head out though, Jerry. You got to see. Okay, so listen, I'm helping you read, learn how to read your Bible. So understand something, you gotta see what was going on. It says they brought this brother. This brother could never, never been able to walk his whole life. And he had four, four friends that brought him, what did they bring him to? They brought him to see Jesus because they had what? How did they know Jesus could do this? They had heard. And how, so what happened when they heard? The Bible says that faith comes by by hearing. So they had heard what Jesus had been doing and they brought their friend. They say, man, this is our guy. This is our buddy. We were kindergarten with this brother all through first grade. Uh, what is that school over there? East side. We done went to all these schools in Cleveland with this brother and we've had everywhere we go, we have to pack him around. We don't mind, but it would be good if this brother could walk. Right? And so they brought him over to Jesus and they come to the door. Ryan, knock on the door. That's the door right there. Okay, so they knock on the door. There's a prayer meeting going on on the inside. And they came to the door and they said, uh, hey, can I help you? Yeah, you know, my buddy. Okay. Listen, I understand about your buddy and all that, but y'all got to come back tomorrow because the service is packed. We don't even have an overflow room. So y'all got to bring that brother back. We we came from far. You came from far. (laughs) I'm not worried about that. Door slam. Boom. Okay. (laughs) All right. So listen. They, they, the door slammed, they wouldn't let them on the inside. Am I, am I going along with the Bible? I'm paraphrasing, but am I keeping the story? So the door slammed, they came from far. Alright? We're not taking this brother all the way back home. Alright? This is in your Bible and you're missing it. I'm, I'm helping you, you on, you're entertained, but you can be entertained and learn at the same time if you would read and use your imagination. Alright? So here, so here he is, they done brought him all this way. So somebody, that would be you. Okay? That will be you. We brought this brother all his way, and it's, and it, and it's an option. I believe it just had to come from the Holy Ghost, because who would have thought of it? I still, Lenny, haven't figured out how they got that brother up there. Yeah. All right? We're going to do that stunt one Sunday. <laughs> so he comes around. He sur- survey, survey the building, Russell, just a little bit. Survey. 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 Okay. He's got an idea. Now, there, his idea was that we're going to take this brother right here, and we're going to lift this brother. Now, Jerry, when he first got here, he was a little bit lighter than he is right now. 
I don't know what JV been eating at his house. So he did a little bit of weight. All right. So can you imagine them trying to lift this brother up? I don't care how small he was. They got to lift this brother up on top of the roof and cut a hole in the roof and get him down in there where everybody is. Right. So, so understand. Watch, watch the movie that you're that you're reading. So then, so then they get in there. They gonna we're not gonna go through all that. They got they figured out a way to lift this brother up. They was at somebody else's house, and the Bible says that they opened a hole in the roof. They opened a hole in the roof and then lowered this brother down into the the, the, the reception. They lowered the brother down, dropped that brother down in the middle of the room. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he saw their faith, Right? So he didn't say that they were trespassing, breaking and entering, out of order. He just saw faith. They gonna get this, they believe that if I can get this brother in front of Jesus, we can get this brother healed. So the Bible says that Jesus healed him, and not only did he heal him, okay, you heal right now, JB. No, 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 put that down, put that down. So not only did Jesus heal him, not only did Jesus heal him, but Jesus told him to pick up the bed. And take it back with you. His friends didn't carry his bed back. He carried his bed back. So I want you to imagine. Listen. I want you to understand what the power of faith can do. And I want you to imagine what it was like for them going back home. This is their man who has not been able to walk his whole life. And they're going back home. With their man, now carry it, JV, don't put it on your neck. They're going back home with their man carrying his bed. Y'all just look at once a while, I want you to do specific instructions. I want you to make a pass that way, make a pass back that way. You're just going to do a parade for the point. So you lead, y'all follow him, go. So they're going back home, their friend leading the way, who had never walked before, carrying the bed that used to carry him. Okay, everybody stop, pause right there. I want you to imagine... What that conversation must have been like with them walking back home. Imagine what that conversation was like. Imagine, I'm telling you, I bet brothers was crying. Brothers couldn't wait to get back home. And this brother, listen, they carried this man. They look, listen, they looking at him. They looking at the bed. They watching the first time how he walks. Whether he has, a, you know, any kind of swagger in his walk, or he just tight when he walks, they're observing everything about him because it's the first time he ever walked. And then they—he's talking to him. Then he starts talking to him. And he starts talking to him because this is their guy. listen. Their faith got this brother his miracle. Their faith, but listen, it didn't come easy. And they could have turned around and went back the other way. That's what faith's all about. Faith is about going past what you want to do. Can you stick with it? Oh, listen, faith is not when it get hard. Oh, it must not going to be, it must not going to be, or it must not be what God wants. That ain't what faith is. Faith said when it get hard, I still trust. I still believe I'm going through. So, so, Prince, right. So then they're walking. They're walking. They're still talking. And this brother went on. Thank y'all for your participation. Fold it up. Don't just sit it over there. Will it in? The big part. Thank you. As I said, the big part of the thing is who he surrounded himself with, and not people. That... Say it. I was saying one thing that I noticed about this story because he's talked about this before is 
who he surrounded himself with. It wasn't people that were bringing him down. It was yeah. people that had faith. Yeah. And you've got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Great point. Thank you. This dude always gives me great points. So, so look at who he's surrounding himself with. Yeah. Amen. My sermon has got blew up. We're going another direction. Yes. Listen. Faith caused him to have a life-changing experience. Now, one one thing we have to understand, and a lot of people get this so wrong, is that the faith must be in God. It can't just say, I believe, and therefore this is going to happen. No, it must be in God. It must be, because the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now is substance. So faith is not nothing, it's substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. What substance? What things hoped for? What things not yet seen? Well, it's the things that are written in the word that you ain't seen yet. Amen. I have not seen, ear hadn't heard the things that God got planned for you. But it says faith is the substance. Yeah. It's the substance. Your faith must be in the word of God. Let me tell you what I mean. Uh, okay, we'll go back over here. When you when you gave her the card, did you tell her you were going to give her the card before, beforehand? Maybe even if it's a day or two ahead of time. No, it was like a day or two later. God gave me. Okay, so but so then so then you told her, and did you give her the card that day or? Did no. the, okay, so you told her, mm-hmm. and then a couple of days later you gave her the card. Yes. All right. So after she told her that she was going to give her the car, did you tell anybody that somebody was giving you a car? Yes. Okay. So you told, so based upon what she said, she now has the authority to go and say that somebody's giving me a car. If she had never told her that she was going to give her the car, she has no right to say that she's going to give her the car. So her faith in this example was based upon spoken words of Gabriella. Because Gabriella said that she had the right to believe. Because she said, I'm giving you the car, she had the right to believe. And that's the only way that we have the right to believe and put faith in God based on what he has already said. If he didn't say it, then see that's the difference. People talk about naming and claiming. It's not naming and claiming. That's, you, you say that when you don't understand what's going on. It's simple faith in the promises of God. Yes, sir. Right? If God said it, now I have the authority to believe for it. Because of what he said. Well, how do we know that God said it? We have to have faith in that the Bible is his word. Yes, sir. Number one, you gotta have faith in the Bible. Now, if you don't have faith that the Bible is the written word of God, then we, you disqualify from the conversation any further. If I believe God, if I believe the Bible is the word of God, I can believe whatever God has said toward me in the Bible. Yeah. Whatever that is, whether that's healing, whether that's deliverance, whether that's victory, whether that's meeting the financial need, whatever that looks like, I can, I can believe that. I want to show you something. We, we this week, uh, a, a couple of us, 
had an encounter. There was a man of God that came uh, to Pastor Bob's church, Prophet Ed Trout. Prophet Ed Trout came to Pastor Bob's church. And if you've ever been around him, he's very, he's very, very accurate. He's, he's a preacher. He's a man of God. He, God shows him things about people's life currently, about the past, and going forward. And, and I've been in a lot of environments where there are prophets. The Bible said God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. So pro- pro- prophetic office is part of God's fivefold ministry. That's right. You can't just say there are no prophets. No, you can't say that. And now everybody ain't a prophet that go around saying that they are one. Right, but you can't hold, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can't do that. So I've been around a lot of people who are in that office of a prophet. A lot of them. And typically what I see a lot of times, what I see a lot of times is <clears throat> when people are in the room, the prophet may not pray or give a word to everybody. There's going to be some people in the room, I mean, you can't do that to everybody. You've got to stop when God says stop. He's, he's, God's still trying to work through human flesh. So you're going to stop when God says stop. So sometimes if you're in the room, if you go two, three times and, and they don't ever tell you nothing, then sometimes if you be honest, you leave out of that feeling some type of way. Why, come, why, didn't, why didn't God say something to me? Why didn't God say something to me? Why didn't he promise me? I want you to understand we're still talking about faith. It does not matter. It does not matter whether the prophet says something to you or not. Because the prophet has already spoken to you. Yes, sir. It don't matter whether the prophet says something to you or not. Because the prophet has already spoken to you. The Bible says that no scripture in the Bible came from a man. It said it all came, it was divinely, this is uh, Second Timothy, it's divinely inspired of God. Yeah. That's where it came from. It says that no scripture is of private interpretation. And it also says that we have a more, somebody help me, more sure word of prophecy. Which is the word of God. Thank you. Okay, let me help you with that. We have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. Now, when, when you receive a prophetic word, when somebody tells you something about you, you're like, nobody knew but God. That, it, it helps you. It builds you up. You're like, man, God just spoke to me. It, it's just life changing. But what I want you to understand is, and this is, this only happens by faith is, is that you can be your own Prophet. You can be your own prophet. Let me tell you how. Because we got a book full of prophetic words. When we start every service and we start uh, declaring those scriptures and making them confessions, we are prophesying to ourselves. We're prophesying to ourselves. And all of those confessions are based on scripture. I have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. Let's look at some things real quick. A lot of times in here, if you're new here, sometimes like we'll talk some, we'll talk some about marriage in the coming weeks. We'll talk about some different things. But most of the time what you're going to hear is stuff like this. Problems in a marriage, problems in your family, problems with your money, 
problems with your health, all of those have a root. I can give you marital counseling, marital advice. I can talk to you about your money. I can talk to you about your kids. But if you will not allow God to intervene in any of those situations, you're going to see very small change. The root of it is you allowing and trusting God to work in your marriage, in your life, in your family, whatever that looks like. Again, talked about we talked we started talking about the power of faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now I can hear God's word. This we're talking about the prophecy, and we're talking about hearing God's word. We're talking about faith all together. I can hear God's word. Or hear a word from God, and it'll, it'll, it can give me mountain moving faith. I can come to you and I can say, I can tell me, Lenny, like I've done before, Lenny, God told me this about this, that, and the other. He told me you was going to switch jobs. He told, he, matter of fact, he told me at the time, he said, uh, that your boss has your job, right? And you came and told me that was it. The boss was talking about stepping on and giving you that spot, right? So that was God. I was, I was on the money with that. So when you hear me say that to you, you know I don't work at your job, you know you ain't never told me nothing about that. That boosts your faith up, right? Because faith comes by hearing what God says, right? So when I hear what God says, whether it's through somebody or through what I read, it can boost my faith to mountain-moving faith mm-hmm. by just by hearing the word of God. These brothers heard enough of about Jesus that they were motivated to take their friend to believe that Jesus could heal him. That's why they went, because they heard about Jesus. They heard about God. So the word has the power on the inside of it to grow your faith. Right? The word has the power on the inside of it to grow your faith. If the word has the power on the inside of it to grow your faith, if I remove the word from your life, then the opposite happens, the reciprocal happens. Then your faith begins to diminish. Faith can take you to the top of the mountain, because faith by hearing the word of God can take you to the top of the mountain. But if you take the word of God away from you, you can roll, begin to roll back down the mountain. If you t- if you spend too much time away from God's word, you will feel like you're underneath the mountain. That's where hopelessness comes in, because I haven't heard how much God loves me, because I haven't heard how God is willing to heal me. Because I haven't heard how God is willing to take care of my financial needs. Whatever I haven't heard, that's where my faith is weak at. And all it takes is for me to hear what I need God to do for me that he promised that he'll do. And so that begins to boost my faith. And the Bible says that anything that we get from God, we get it by faith. Yes, sir. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we take the reciprocal of that. God is pleased when we demonstrate faith. Yeah. Amen. Let's read some things that uh, that everybody should know and they should have. I call them my faith basics. We're almost finished. Here we go. 
Now the Bible says here, Okay. The Bible says here that Hebrews 11.1, 1, it defines faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Ephesians 2.8 says that we're saved by grace through faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Romans 1.17 says that we are to live by faith. Galatians 5.6 says that faith is powered by love. Romans 12, 3 says that every man is given the measure of faith. Hebrews eleven three says that the worlds were framed by faith in the word of God. Ephesians 6, 16 says that faith is our shield. Matthew 17, 20 says that a mustard seed worth of faith will move a mountain. Mark 5, 34 says that we're healed by faith. Acts 26, 18 says that we're sanctified by faith. Philippians 3.9 says that we're made righteous by faith. 1 John 5.4 says that we're victorious by faith. John 8.31 and 32 says that we are made free by faith. And Mark chapter 9 verse 2 says that faith makes all things possible. That, that makes faith very important. And now you can see because of the faith in God that the people had, <clears throat> how does brother receive this miracle God has given to you the most important ingredient in your walk with God and that is his word I can take God's word and I can speak God's promises prophesied over myself I can speak the promises of God over myself because that's what God what is prophecy the prophet hears something from God and he speaks to you what he heard from God Every word in the Bible, some guy heard it from God and wrote it down in the Bible. So there's no difference, right, from that. Now, the Bible says this even, because sometimes because sometimes we can be confused whether this person is speaking for God or not, flat out, right? We can be confused. But the Bible says that we have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. In fact, the Bible goes on to say this. It says, do not take that which is spoken of men above that which is written. So if somebody comes and says something to you, prophesies something to you, there's no way in the Bible, no, no substance for it, no support for it, no foundation for it in the Bible. It don't got nothing to do with God. It might not be the exact scripture, but it applies. That's, that's fine. But it's, but it's no, way connected to the Bible, we don't receive that. And I want you to understand something. Whether some, uh, the prophet comes to speak a word to you or not, you got a book full of prophecy Amen. that you can speak over yourself. Amen. And every time you speak God's word to yourself, it causes your faith to grow. Before I could have faith to go and 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 when and get something that I need, I had to hear that God would back me up on what I need. Amen. I had to hear every need, all of my needs are met according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I had to hear above all things, God uh, would that I would prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. I had to hear that the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Yes, sir. I had to hear all of those things. I had to hear the Lord is my shepherd. 
and I shall not want or I shall not lack. I had to hear all those things. Before I started giving and paying my tithe, I had to hear that if I give, God will give to me more than I've given, press down, shaking together, and running over. I had to hear that if I bring my tithe into the storehouse, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing I don't have room enough to receive. I had to hear it all before I functioned in it all, but then when I started to function in it all, I started to see what was only written before. Now it's alive in my house and in my life. That's what faith can do. God has given you his word that has the ability to produce anything in your life that you need. Whether it be healing, whether it be finances, whether it be hope. Whatever you need, God has put it in the word. Now it might not happen all at once. And sometimes you have to stick with it. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 that we inherit the promises of God through faith. Somebody else help me with the rest of it. Faith and patience. We inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. So you can be trusting God. You say, well, I believe God. I trusted God. This, that, and the other. When you, when you start saying, I believed and I did, but I quit, what that's saying is that you stop having faith. You have to, you have to endure it. I got stuff that I believed God for that took many, many years. Take forever to grow, and you can plant the seed. You can, you can stop watering it. It's not going to grow because you didn't put faith in it, and you didn't put like your time into it. Amen. 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 Out of the mouth of babes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all hear what she said? She said you can have a seed, you can plant it in the ground, but the growth depends on the watering, and it's going to take time. Yep. The Bible says that the Word of God is the incorruptible seed. That means that it's seed that cannot be destroyed or damaged. So the, if, you're, if you're having a problem, it's not the seed from the word of God. It is something to do with your ground or your watering process. God's seed is going to do what he said for it to do. Now listen, the Bible says this. It says, and at the perfect time or the right time that God brought forth his son. The Bible says that Jesus was a lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. God had a plan to sacrifice Jesus before he even created the earth or put the people on it. But it took 4,000 years after mankind was here for it to happen. So when God says something, it's going to happen like he said. It may not be happening according to your chronos like you want to, but at the Kairos time it's going to happen. Yes, sir. I've made this example before. Chronological time, we get that the time that we tell our clock by. That is, that's, that's like, that's Time itself, you know, minutes, seconds, days, whatever like that. So you have a chronological timeline that your life is already on. When I pray and I ask God or prophesy to myself, speak the word of God over myself, I ask God and then I thank him for it that it's already done. When I exercise faith in God, what happens is the Bible says in Mark 11, 22 through 24, it says, when you pray, believe that you receive. Yes, sir. And you shall have what you pray for. So when you begin to pray... God puts on your chronological timeline the thing that you asked him for. You got it. The issue is, is that we may be at, what's the date? February the 2nd, 2020. When you pray, believe you receive, God stuck it on June the 7th, 2020. June the 7th, 2020. Because I want you to understand something, God walks, works outside of your timeline. 
That's how God can go back into your past and heal stuff that you can't. You can't go back in your past, but God can. God can go into your heart and into your mind back in your past and heal stuff and make you straight from stuff that you never could get over before. Because God functions and works outside of time. So here we are, uh, February 2nd, 2020. You play, you pray, you believe. God, I'm believing for a house. I need a house. Amen. You got the word that you're moving. You're getting the house, right? God going to give you a house. Thank you, Lord. But you, uh, you packing up stuff today? You moving today? No, not today. Huh? So we don't know, but the only thing we know is that God's stuck it on your timeline. Yes, sir. Because he said it, right? And God even told you about you being a decorator. Nobody knew that. The man don't know you're a decorator like that. So God's telling you that I know you by talking to you about you. He told you something about your present, told you something about your future. And God has stuck your future home on your timeline. And you ain't even went shopping for it. When you prayed about the car. How long, how long were you praying about the car before you got it? Um, I think that was like on a Wednesday night. We actually prayed for a truck. Okay. And then the car, the car I was driving just stopped. It just stopped. It died. And things went to motion. It was like a week. Okay. It was like a whole week. Did you, did, but you didn't know nothing about this car when you started praying for it. So God stuck it on her timeline a week before. She started praying God it a week before. <clears throat> JV, y'all was playing for, praying for him a truck. God stuck it on his timeline. Right? I want you to understand something. That, that faith is the thing that causes these things to happen. It can pull it into your life. I prayed for a year and a half. When I say I prayed, there's, 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 you have to learn, you have to learn how to pray with faith. I asked God for direction. And I said, God, I want you to take us to the place that you have for us. So we made the trip up to New York. I thought for sure, we, man, we're going to New York City. Hey. We're going, we're going to be in New York. I mean, we're going to New York. I had 14 pastors that were going to support us, pay my salary for that whole year while we revitalized that church. I had a plan. This is what we're going to do, all this kind of stuff. I made two trips up to New York. For sure, we're gone. It's just a matter of time. We're out of here. But I, I didn't pray to go to New York. I prayed for God to take me to the place that he had for me. And that place was Cleveland, Texas. <laughs> Cleveland, Texas. Big difference from New York City. <laughs> but we in Cleveland. And I'm going to tell you, when I first got here, there was about, we had, I don't know, maybe 40 or so people. And we have eight of that original 40 left. And all of the people now are new people that God brought to Cleveland. Some of them live in Cleveland, but God brought people, brought them to this church. Because I used to walk around, somebody remind me, I would walk around Saturday nights, all up these pews, confessing for God to bring the people. I pray for the people that sit in these seats, that God was going to bring them. I was exercising my faith. God, you sent me here. You sent me here to grow. You sent me here to revitalize this place. You got to send the people. And so what's my scriptural basis for asking God for the people? Because the Bible says to pray for laborers. And I would pray for God to send workers, warriors, wounded, and worshipers. That's what I pray for God to send. Workers, warriors, wounded people, and worshipers. Walk and confess. I'm in here for hours, crying, praying, sliming up all the pews with all. 
believe you receive. And you know what I did? I didn't keep asking him. I just, kept, I just started saying, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Last thing, I'm going to finish with this. It's kind of funny. We're going to go right back to where I started. Remember what I talked about, how I said there is the influence, bad spiritual influence, but I said I was going to get you to the good spiritual influence? We believe that the devil will mess with our stuff. People tell you in a heartbeat, it was the devil. The devil came in. He wrecked the whole thing. It was going well, but then the devil came. The demons. The this, the this, the this. Now, now, that's true. The devil be messing up. But God got a team. God got a team. His team called the angels. So what you're telling me is, now I'm going to go a little stupid on everybody right now. <laughs> what you're telling me is that the devil can have a squad that can mess up everything, but God don't have no team that can fix up everything. Come on. That's what you're saying. Hmm. The devil will never outdo God. Never. Watch this. We're almost done. Just a couple minutes, read these scriptures, we are out of here. We're going to be out of here and on our way to lunch and wherever you go when you leave from here. Let me read you these scriptures. Listen to what I'm saying. This is, and I'm going to read through a few of them. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Hold on on the music, big guy. I ain't there yet. So for through, some have entertained angels without knowing it. For uh, this is Psalms 91, 11. For he will give his angels special charge over you to accompany and defend and to preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. This is scriptures that God's talking about angels helping us out. Hebrews 1.13. Besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand, associated, be associated, associated with me and my royal dignity till I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? Are not angels all ministering spirits or servants sent out in service of the God of God for the assistance of those who inherit salvation? Let's do it again. Are not the angels all, somebody say all, all, ministering or serving spirits sent out in service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 19, it says, But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and leading them out, said. So the disciples got thrown in the prison, and who came and got them out? God's team came and broke them free. Your faith gets the angels moving on your behalf. Last, last part. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, this is 2 Kings 6, 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots around the city. And Elisha's servant said to him, Alas, my master, 
What shall we do? Now, what the backstory here is that the, the enemy got upset because Elisha was telling the king their plans and strategies and location. And the, the king got upset with his people. He said, one of y'all in here snitching. We need to find the snitch that's in the camp. He said, no, 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 king, there's no snitches. Elisha hears the things that happen in your bedchamber. It's the prophet of God got access to all information. And he's making, he's tipping them off to what's going on. So the king got upset and he sent the people to go get Elijah. So when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning, went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And Elijah's servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elijah answered, fear not for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elijah prayed, Lord, I pray you open the eyes of, that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. God sent his team. Why was Elisha not afraid like the servant? Because Elisha had faith that God was going to do the thing. So, so God, he said, God, we need to help his faith a little bit because faith ain't nothing. It's substance. We need to get his brother some substance. Let him see what's going on. Now, we know that they they had to be angelic beings because at first the brother couldn't see them. And the second he said they, they was fiery. Fire burn up humans, it don't burn up angels. I could go on and on and on talking, showing you points how the Bible says that angels are here to minister for us. When you pray, listen. When you pray, you ask God the first time, you thank him afterward. God, I thank you for sending the angels on my behalf to go get whatever it is that I need. And those of us trying to go to Italy or Paris, France, wherever we're going, I thank you for sending angels to go get my money to go on the trip. I thank you, I, I thank you, God, that you sent the angels to go, whatever, but it's got to be based on something that God promised you. You can't send the angels out to bust up a marriage and get you the spouse or the person that you caused a divorce. The angels don't work on it. The Bible says that the angels hearken to the voice of the Lord. They only work off the scriptures. They're not going to work on something you come up with. But they will work on off the scriptures. Yes. Your faith in the word of God will cause mountains to be moved. It will cause angels to go into action. It will cause change in your life. Amen. There are spiritual influ- influences on both sides. You have the right to choose whose influence you're going to be under. Are you going to be under Satan's influence? You're going to be under God's influence. God has given you a book full of prophetic words to speak over yourself. To encourage your faith and to bring to pass. Use them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. You know, the, it, this is the difference between somebody living a mediocre life 